TED Audio Collective. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an architect. I really loved drawing, and growing up in New York City, there was no shortage of beautiful buildings to look at and admire. I'm a very precise thinker, and I figured this skill would come in handy based on the precision required in all aspects of designing buildings. However, I had no idea how to go about becoming an architect. I didn't know any architects, and my school didn't offer any classes related to that field. Yes, I got a chance to study art history, and I loved learning about all different types of architecture across the globe, but that was kind of it. And so the aspiration to be an architect died early. But I wonder, what would it have been like if there had been a program focused on technical drawing or building things, especially geared toward girls? That could have changed everything. So how do we give young people more chances to explore different professions that may not be featured in schools, especially kids interested in industries where there aren't enough people who look like them? I'm Madhupa Akinola. This is TED Business. Our speaker today is Emily Pillowton lamb founder and executive director of Girls Garage, a nonprofit construction and design school for girls. In this talk, she makes the case for putting power and power tools into the hands of young women and gender-expansive youth so they can build the world they want to see. During this talk, don't be alarmed if you hear Emily use power tools. She is literally building a toolbox, putting her words into action. Then after the talk, I'll share some examples of programs that help people of color at various stages in their educational journeys explore different areas of business. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, TED Business listeners. We're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers about the things they're building and the problems they're solving with the help of the latest AI tools. Tools that can save them time, improve collaboration, and create more space for the work that matters most. On Working Smarter, hear practical discussions about what AI can do so that you can work smarter too. Listen to Working Smarter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit workingsmarter.ai. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Picture a typical construction site. The heavy machinery and the work trucks filled with lumber and steel. Now picture the construction crew, hard at work in their day glow vests and hard hats, their tool belts slung over dusty dungarees. Now picture that that crew is all women. So if you just had a brief moment of cognitive dissonance, you're probably not the only one. Our stereotypical image of the construction worker is male. And by the numbers, it's not hard to see why. Only 11% of the construction industry in the U.S. is female. And that includes operational positions. On the front lines of actual construction sites, only 4% of construction workers are female. Four percent, just one in 25. That's totally unacceptable. But it's also a huge opportunity, both for women and for the trades. A new wave of tradeswomen, carpenters, welders, electricians, and masons are rising through the ranks armed with their power tools, creative thinking, and new ideas about who can and should get to build our world. I am determined to help more women enter into and grow in the trades, because these are exciting, well-paying, and essential jobs. More than just an economic opportunity, though, is a chance for women to play an equal and substantive role in the making of our physical world. Construction, for many women, is purpose-driven work, a career in which power tools represent personal power. I want to walk on sidewalks, cross bridges, and enter buildings that I know were raised by a community of builders that represents us all. I want to live in a world built by women. And I mean that in the most literal sense. (laughs) I have loved building things for as long as I can remember. And when I was 16 years old, a petite, nerdy, multiracial young woman, I walked onto my first construction site, and it changed everything. As I worked alongside skilled masons and carpenters, learned how to frame a roof and mix concrete by hand, 
For the first time in my life, I felt powerful. And at the end of that project, I stood back and looked at what we had built: a town park with a performance stage, paths, and public furniture. And I knew that I had something to contribute to the world. Construction transformed my hopes and anxieties into something tangible and beautiful, something that I could point to and say, "I built that." So I went on to study architecture. And then I worked in architecture and construction management. And as I found myself on job sites more frequently, I was almost always the only woman. And it never crossed my mind to quit because of this, but I did feel very lonely, and I longed for a sense of community. And over the past two decades, as I've found and built that community for myself, I've realized that the reasons that I love construction are not unique, and that for my fellow tradeswomen, we all walk onto a job site with the same shared sense of purpose. We know that for us, building is both our power and our voice. When I talk to my fellow tradeswomen, they agree that working in construction is gratifying, it's creative, and it's fun. It does not require some stereotypically masculine brute strength. That is what heavy machinery is for. <laughs> construction is mostly problem solving, visual and spatial reasoning, and a lot of communication and teamwork. For women. A job in construction can pay more than twice the hourly wage of a comparable job in childcare or health aid work. And while the gender pay gap in the U.S. hovers around 82 cents earned by women for every male earned dollar, in construction the pay gap is nearly non-existent, at 99 cents to the dollar. Construction and construction management are also among the fastest-growing jobs for women, with clear paths into advancement and leadership. These are also jobs with learn-while-you-earn training programs, making them financially feasible careers to enter or to transition into. The trades desperately need women too. With over 300,000 jobs left unfilled, women are hugely untapped labor pool. And this is a time when the demand for infrastructure is only growing, and new building technologies will require new skills and new perspectives to break from the way it's always been done. We already understand the value of having more women in historically male-dominated spaces, like politics, C-suites, and STEM. What is it going to take for tradeswomen to take part? And to take over, we do need a few things from the industry in greater numbers. We need more active recruitment and more equitable hiring practices, and we need leaders of all genders to step up 
advocate for better workplace culture, and to bring others along with them. But our best invested effort is looking to the future. We must create intentional spaces for the next generation of tradeswomen to learn technical skills while being unconditionally supported by a community of other women. So in 2008, I founded a nonprofit to teach design and construction skills to middle and high school students, specifically young women of color. Now, nearly 14 years later, that nonprofit, Girls Garage, has taught over a thousand girls and gender expansive youth how to use power tools. <laughs> how to use power tools, weld, draft construction documents, and work on a job site. And together, we have built over 150 pro bono projects for other nonprofits in our community. When young women walk into Girls Garage, they are acknowledged as capable and whole. They are taught by female instructors who are architects and carpenters and welders, who've lived lives and who've walked paths similar to their own. When a student uses the chop saw for the very first time, I'm standing right next to them, saying, "You got this." And these are the things that make the difference. And so, the next generation of tradeswomen, our students, will enter the trades knowing what it feels like to be respected and valued, and will know how to demand it when they're not. I may not have had a female mentor on my first construction site, but I can pay forward what I lacked to the 16-year-old in front of me. In step with other youth organizations and apprenticeship programs, we're creating strong communities of tradeswomen as a microcosm for what we believe the industry needs at a macro level. We're filling their toolboxes with drills and saws and ferocity and joy. This is not a pipe dream; it's already a reality, but one that we must name, and nurture, and multiply. It is our job now to demand unconditional support for tradeswomen in their quest to play a vital role in the construction of our world. Thank you. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. What's Odoo? Well, Odoo is an all-in-one management software with apps for every business need. Odoo has apps. For CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, manufacturing, and everything in between, and they're all in one easy-to-use software. And the best part about Odoo: all Odoo apps are integrated, helping you get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com/tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O. dot com slash ted business. 
Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You can earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What Emily's done with Girls Garage is very cool and very important. She is broadening representation within the world of construction by bringing in those who aren't typically seen in that field, specifically young women as well as trans and non-binary youth. She is building a pipeline of talent for that industry. And similarly, In the business world, companies are making efforts to bring more women and people of color into industries where they're not well represented. Here are some examples of organizations that are doing this. Inroads, founded in 1970, is a nonprofit organization that helps talented, underserved youth gain the skills and network needed for leadership in corporate environments. In this program, College students get rigorous career development training and are placed in competitive summer internships at top companies. There's also a career readiness component for high school students interested in science, technology, engineering, math, business, and other careers. Then there's Management Leadership for Tomorrow, also known as MLT, which has an MBA prep program which supports Black, Latinx, and Native American professionals as they're applying to business schools and once they arrive on campus. And let me tell you how we address underrepresentation in business academia. There's an organization called the PhD Project, which Citigroup and the accounting firm KPMG had a hand in creating. This organization helps students from historically underrepresented backgrounds earn PhDs so they can inspire and educate the next generation of business leaders. Part of the goal in sharing these examples is to generally increase awareness of these programs because they may be sources of talent for your company. But also, is there an opportunity for your organization to create a similar program? Because what Emily is teaching us is that if you see it, you just might be able to build it. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Kiara Powell and fact-checked by Matias Salas. Special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hajim, and Colin Helm. I'm Madupa Akinola. Talk to you again next week. Support for the show comes from Brooks Running. I'm so excited because I have been a runner, gosh, my entire adult life. And for as long as I can remember, I have run with Brooks Running Shoes. Now I'm running with a pair of Ghost 16s from Brooks. Incredibly lightweight shoes that have really soft cushioning. It feels just right when I'm hitting my running trail that's just out behind my house. You now can take your daily run in the better than ever Go 16. You can visit brooksrunning.com to learn more.